Hey, this is Latif Mikado, and you're listening to the Good Night Freestyle Podcast, where I take some time each night to try and reflect on the freestyle scene, where it is, where it's going, and try to figure out how to sustain it, not just for future generations to enjoy, but also to benefit. So sit back, relax, and let's talk some freestyle. Hey, what's up, everyone? It's Latif, and welcome to the Good Night Freestyle Podcast, and this is episode 426. Hoping you guys are doing swell this evening. It's a Monday night, right? Monday night? Yeah. <laughs> Monday night, uh, March 1st, actually. Today is Lil Susie's birthday, 42 years old. Whoa! Big shout-out to her. Um Big, big shout out to her. Uh, I owe a lot to her and her family. Um, they were definitely my uh, my gateway into the music business. You know, I started way back when I was in my teens. You know, it's one of those situations where you look back and you say, wow, had I not done this or had I not done that, this would never have happened. And, you know, and there's so much of that that comes into play when I think about her and her family. Even going, even as much as me um, meeting my wife, meeting Angel, and having, you know, raising a family with her and having a home with her and touring and, you know, it's, you know what? I had a good life. I'm not gonna say I had, I have a good life. I'm 54 years old. We're in a pandemic. I feel slow as hell. It almost feels like we retired, you know. <clears throat> but um, you know, I met little Susie when she was five years old. <clears throat> five years old. Um, I worked in the same building with her father. I was maintenance. He was an engineer. I told you guys the story. If you go back, probably a few months. Um, I used to, I used to ride the freight elevator. Actually. The company I worked for was a company called Arcade. They were a maintenance company, you know, Porters in Manhattan. And that job was actually hooked up for me by my brother-in-law, Al, my sister Cindy's husband, okay? That's how far back that goes, you know? <coughs> that, you know, see, and that's what you say, you know, so I, I'm, I say that, you know, they play a big role in my entrance into the music business. I'm not gonna say he got me into the music business, but it was, something that he did that created that that chain of effect you know but anyway in arcade how that job worked right when you first started out you go to a central um location um it's like a waiting room with a couple offices in the back and what you do is you go in the morning and your job is to replace porters that that has steady buildings or if they needed extra men to come in uh, to work. So you come in and you have your uniform and you sit down and then you get in there real uh, real early and depending on the order that you're in there, they call you and they'll say, Mikado, okay, and they'll give you a work order. You're gonna report to 525 Madison Avenue, blah, 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 whatever. And, um, And you would go. And I went through 
to several buildings. I've worked in 250 Park, one Rector Street. Um, where else did I work? Uh, shoot, I'm totally losing it. But I worked quite a few buildings. And then you would work the building, and if they needed you the second day, they will tell you. Usually your boss knew how many days, but sometimes the supervisor would say, hey, you're going to stay for the rest of the week. And what we did is we replaced people who were either on vacation or had sick days or whatever the case may be, or maybe quit. And what you do, you replace, you fill in that slot until they decide on, you know, getting a steady. And to get the steady, what they would do is contact the office again. And they said, we need a steady for this building. And then the, that office will send who they feel has seniority and who they feel should have a steady building. So having a steady building was like hitting the lotto. Like you don't have, you know where you're going every day. You know what your job is. You know the people, you know. The fun, the craziest thing is when you went to these new buildings, you went every day to, and you met people and you were the rover. That's what they call them, the rover, you know. And because you would go, do your job and leave and probably never see those people again and um <clears throat> wow so many times that i almost got stuck in the building i think about it now thank god that this building that i got stuck in was 520 madison avenue because that's where i met tony casal Susie's dad how crazy like you know like my chances of getting a building another building were 50 50 you know and um, and I remember I went there to replace somebody. Uh, they were on vacation, and then they kept me on. I replaced, and they they liked how I worked. I was always a good worker, though. I'll tell you that. People usually, when I was hired, people liked me and they want me to stay because I took initiative. I did things. I knew what the job was, no matter what it was, and I always did a good job. And I didn't try to cut corners. I didn't try to get over taking crazy breaks or you didn't lose me and when I was done I always said what, what else should I do or I took initiative you know and um so they sent me to this building 520 Madison Avenue I remember I I sat in the first person I sat in I believe was for the elevator op operator he was on vacation I think he had like two weeks and um I remember because it was a regular you know, automatic elevator, you sat there, you press a button when it wasn't with the manual. I used to do my beats in there. I used to do, take my drum machine, I had a briefcase. I mean, sometimes I'll be in that, that I could be in that, in that uh, elevator for an hour and not see anybody. So it was a perfect, perfect place to, uh, to do what I had to do. Some people read the paper, some people read books. I pulled out my drum, <laughs> I pulled out my drum machine, <laughs> you know, and, um, <laughs> um, so anyway, um, so I stayed for, for the elevator guy for a couple weeks, and then, um, no, my bad. I stayed with the first porter for a couple weeks, right? I'm trying to remember what it was. But anyway, I, I replaced about three people during their vacation, so I stayed with, with one person for a couple weeks, another person for a couple weeks, and then the first guy apparently was getting cracked out. So drugs took over and he never came back. And they kind of saw that coming. They kind of told me that this guy wasn't going to come back. And his name was Lefty, I remember. And I never met this guy. I don't to this day. I have no clue what this guy even looks like, you know. So funny. And they kept saying, well, listen, 
uh, Lefty's not back yet. We'll keep you here for another couple weeks. And I knew that everybody liked me. I had a good vibe going on. And I said to myself, I said, you know what? I'm going to bust my ass, man. And I did. I worked really hard. And they freaking, and I remember the supervisor, Joe Sessa, he's actually on Facebook now with me. Um, he became one of my best friends back then. And um, and he was like, yo, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to keep you on. I'm trying to let you get the building steady. I was like, oh, man, that's cool. I was happy, you know. And I wind up getting on. Finally, they put me on. And that's it. I was set. And um, I think at that point, they changed my uniform. I think when I started, my uniform was like dark blue pants with a light blue shirt. That was the arcade. Those were the Rovers. And then when I got my city building, they gave me brown pants with the beige shirt. And um, wow, so crazy. I wish I would have had pictures of that. I can't believe that. I never took pictures of this stuff. It's so crazy. <laughs> but um, somebody's got to have pictures. But anyway. So, uh, um, so I wind up staying and, uh, and, um, and that's where I met Tony and everything from that point is history. You guys all know how that, how that went out, went on, but you know, I screwed that up also, you know, so the opportunity I wind up, you know, was during the eighties and, you know, crack came and knocked on my door and I, 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 I answered. So um, eventually, I got caught up also. I was in Jackson Heights, cocaine capital. And um, I ended up leaving for a few years. And he, Susie's father, tend to, he, he kept in touch with my mom. They loved my writing. That was what, what they loved me for, my writing, um, my songwriting. And they wanted me to hold on. They wanted, he was trying to get songs. Um, but my mother wouldn't release anything until I got out. Then when I got out, um, he called me. And he told me that they were producing my song Children of the World on her first album. Why don't you come down to the studio? And I went, I went down to the studio and it was a great experience. And I, I freaking was, that's it, man. I was back. I was back in and I felt good. And I remember him uh, asking me if I wanted to go on the road with her. They had a couple other people in the past and she wasn't happy with them. They really weren't doing their job. They were, you know, they were there to meet girls or whatever the case may be. And, um, I had a few areas that I was good at. First of all, I was clean. I didn't drink, I didn't smoke, I didn't do drugs, nothing when I came out. Um, I wasn't a punk. I could take care of myself. Um, I wasn't trying to hit on Susie. She was a minor. I wasn't trying to kick it with anybody in the clubs because I, my, my head wasn't there. I was, I was totally focused on doing my job. And, and grateful for the opportunity I had. And to this day, man, you're talking about 35 years later, and I still work this job like it was like when I first started, you know? And um, so I ended up going on the road. So it's like, they allowed me to come back, you know? And, um, and we toured everywhere, man. And, and the thing was with Susie is that though she was young, I think the part of her that she liked about me is that I didn't act stupid, like I took care of business, but I clowned around, so I was very much like her dad. Him and I could get together and we'll, we'll have you cracking up because he had, this, we, we had very similar humor 
and she loved being around the two of us, you know. Of course, as she got older, <coughs> dad kind of, you know, anything he did, just like my daughter, anything he did started to annoy her. <laughs> so I had to pull back also a little bit. She didn't realize I was doing this. I was like, okay, you know, um, I don't know at what level she's looking up to me, but I won't be that annoying one anyway. But we kind of, we kind of matured together. We, we really did. Um, we, you know, though she was, she's what, 10 years, 12 years younger than me, we practically grew up together, you know? And, um, and as she got older, you know, she, and um, I started to, to, we started to get really close as far as she was able to talk to me. I was like a big brother and uncle. I remember telling her father, I said, listen, let me tell you something. Cause he was like, yo, did she talk to you? I said, yeah. I said, but let me tell you something, man. I ain't never gonna let anything that, that you, I think you need to know, go unknown. I'm not. If I have to snitch, if it comes to I will snitch. But it, as, until then, I want you to trust me. I need you to trust me that I'm gonna listen to what she says. I'm gonna give her the best advice. You gotta realize whatever she's gonna do, she's gonna do. I'm gonna give her the best advice. And I'm going to always let her know that I'm here if she needs me. If ever there's a situation, she can come, she can talk to me. And I'm going to listen and protect her as if she was my own daughter or my sister or whatever the case. And he did. He trusted me. He never questioned me. And we spoke a lot. I knew. But at the same time, as she got older. See, Susie was very, very mature. So even when she was in her freaking teens, like... I used to be able to talk to her. I didn't talk craziness to her, you know. That's, I didn't, we didn't go there, you know what I'm saying? But like anything else, you know, feelings or whatever, you know, I was able to talk to her and we, and, and she was she was mature enough to really, you know, um, and, and we, we just had, we had a very, very strong, and we still do, a very strong bond, you know. And, um, uh, and then, you know, when I got with my wife, you know, I thought, or maybe there, might, maybe there might be a little friction here. You know, think about this, okay? She's not my girl or anything like that. She's too young. But um, but no, no, not even. Because by the time me and Angel got together, she was already getting older. And um, we didn't know if there'd be some sort of jealousy. Not jealousy like boyfriend, girl. Not that. Like I said, it was, our relationship was different. But jealousy almost like what... My daughter would be if, if all of a sudden there was another teenage girl that I was paying attention to. I know that sounds kind of weird, right? <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? It could be, you know, my friend's daughter and I just like, she'll talk to me. You know, you know, I just didn't know if it would come off weird time when I got with Angel. I said, oh, and not only that, I forget about even that, as an artist. So here I am, I put all my energy into this artist and now I'm pulling in another one. Not only is this other one I'm pulling in, but we have a relationship, her and I are. Me and, me and the other one, me and Angel, we have an intimate relationship. And I could imagine Susie possibly thinking, well, you know what? Let's see what happens. You know, maybe now he's going to put all his energy into her, and I guess I'm going to be kicked to the curb. Or he's not, not kicked to a curb because she doesn't need me, I'm going to be real. Um, but, you know, maybe I wouldn't put as much energy, but I don't think that was the case ever. I don't think that was, that. As a matter of fact, I don't not think, that never was. And, and Angel played a big role in helping me with that. You know, if, if I had both my girls with me on, at a club, it was just the two of them, 
okay? And Susie had to go use the bathroom. I would make sure that I go with the bouncer to escort her to the bathroom. And Angel would stay with the other bouncer in the VIP. I would not stay with Angel to look out for her, but vice versa. No, no and not even. I'm not even going to say if Angel was going to the bathroom. Um, I don't even remember that happening. I don't think I... I... I always stayed with Susie. See, the, this was the difference between those two. Susie was always with me. Angel had, had toured extensively on her own. So it wasn't a big deal. Had I just let Susie go with a bouncer or have a stay in a VIP by herself, that would have been odd. She would have felt odd, and I never did that. And I'm very thankful that I never did that and my wife never gave me a problem in fact she always encouraged it she said no you go with her you watch her it's almost like Angel was almost like her road manager also <laughs> you know and um but I never regretted any of that you know I, I loved my job job I'm so so grateful that I was with Susie on the road rather than anybody else that I was on the road with her um, it just was, it was perfect for me. It was perfect. Um, and I had, a, I had a really great time, you know. And I watched her grow up, man, from five years old. She's 42. That's a long time, man. That's many, many freaking years, man. And I'm like, wow, you know. And um, I've watched her get married. I was at her wedding. I was, I was the, one of the first people that she called when she was pregnant with her first daughter, with her son, and with her, 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 with her baby, with her, her youngest, you know? Um, I, probably the little regret, the one regret I might have is that, yeah, I did move away, so I really, the kids didn't grow up around me. They, didn't, they don't really know me. They know me through pictures, through my TikTok videos, <laughs> through name, they don't really know me, you know. Um, had I been still in New York, yeah, I would have been pretty much at all their functions. Um, I think it would have been a different relationship. But you know what? God's the best of planets. You know, <coughs> that's the plan that He had, and um, I don't, I'm happy about it. But you know what? I would never change anything. I would not change a thing. You know, I've been offered to go on the road with other artists. I could have I could have been at a totally different level in my music career, in this business. I chose to stay at where I'm at. I chose. Money was never, you know, yeah, listen, we all like money, but money was not the make it or break it thing that made me make decisions. That wasn't it. That wasn't it at all, you know? I enjoyed what I did. I loved the company I was with. I, I just, I, I knew my job and I, I, I loved being around the people. And when I saw the people that I traveled with, man, I was happy, man. I was happy, you know? And, um, yeah, so. But anyway, today is Susie's birthday and I, I wished her a happy birthday on my Facebook. Anybody wants to go on, she will see it. Um, She'll go into another account, her dad's account, take a peek. And, but um, maybe. Uh, yeah, I think she will. Or they'll, they'll, 
they'll relate to her, you know, all the birthday wishes. But at the very least, I saw it. I appreciate everyone who um, who joined in and wishing her a happy birthday. And uh, <coughs> I will definitely tell her. Um, but anyway, yeah, I just want to I just want to talk about her because she's very special. I love her to death. I wish her the best. She's a good mom. She's a good good wife. <coughs> She's a great, a great daughter. She looks out for her family. It's all about family for her. Family is first, you know. And, you know, when she decides not to take certain shows, realize, you know, that's a big chunk of change for me. Um, but I don't, I don't get angry at all. I don't get upset. I, In fact, I respect it highly. I, I like it. I like it because I understand the value. I understand the importance. And it does, it gives me a chance to kind of, you know, do what I got to do. I like to be home and not not coronavirus long. This is too damn long. But, um, but no, yeah. And I always told myself, well, listen, don't stress it. You know, when you want to come on, you come out. Um, I think she's itching to, to hit the road again. Yeah, I think we all are. <laughs> so, but anyway, hey, guys, listen, it's already past the time so uh just want to just want to uh uh talk to you about that i appreciate you guys tuning in as always please stay safe out there it's still crazy um and until tomorrow good night freestyle before i lay me down to sleep i pray to hear a freestyle beat For if I die before I wake, I hope to make it to the break.